Before we get started, um, I just want to ask everyone who's listening, if you find the podcast or this episode helpful, please share, so like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, wherever you're listening. Uh, leave a review if you can. It really helps to get the podcast out to whoever it can help. And um, the easiest way for you guys to help me get more listeners is uh to share it with people that you think it'll help. So um, I really appreciate it. And um, on to the show. This is the Cherished You Podcast. I am your host, Rama. Hello, guys. Welcome back. So this week's episode, um, I will admit up front that um, I have been dragging my feet on recording a little bit. Um, This really honestly because while I've worked through a lot of the, the issues I have around the subject it still brings up a lot of grief. It still brings up a lot of sadness. And I'm, those kind of feelings would kind of always be associated with this particular subject for me. And I'm still, a lot of it, I'm still in the middle of because it is something that's so intertwined with so many different things that it's kind of hard to um, straightforwardly unpack. And it kind of goes along the same lines of really working through childhood trauma around a parent, a narcissistic parent. Um, This is wrapped up very much in that because when I am talking about sibling trauma with narcissistic parents, or in my case, a narcissistic mom, what happens is that I'm not... I can unpack the stuff. I mean, I've already done to a significant degree, unpack the stuff with my mother. The sibling relationship is so much more complicated, especially when in like in my case, in the case of most of my clients, when you're the black sheep, you're when you're the one who calls out the abuse and the dysfunction, but everyone else is still participating in it. And you're the one who goes no contact. You're the one who moves out. You're the one who rocks the boat. This kind of trauma actually, the sibling trauma is so much um, more hurtful almost than um, than a lot of the trauma that you experience from the parent. And it's not to discount what the parent has put you through because you wouldn't be experiencing the sibling trauma if the parent had been different. So it is connected, but you would think that other people who were born from the same parents or, you know, or, or, or living in the same environment would have at least a similar perspective as you did regarding the whole situation at home. And when they don't, or if they choose to ignore it, or they're, they find it easier to just kind of not rock the boat, and they're always blaming you for rocking the boat. And they, instead of really looking at the parent as being the source of the issue, all of a sudden you become the source of the problem. That is really where a lot of the trauma comes out. 
And that's where a lot of the pain still exists. So <clears throat> the, the thing with sibling trauma with a narcissistic mom, um, especially um, when in the, from the perspective of the scapegoat. So this is definitely from my own perspective. Obviously, I have nobody else's. And, and it's, um, it's really difficult, honestly, because I, I had this kind of weird transformation thing happen. And when I look over the early years of my childhood, when I was, I was kind of um, portrayed as the golden child for a few years, I remember that, um, I remember this one time when my mother got really mad and was hitting me, but afterwards, um, when I had to go and apologize for, for getting her mad, because that's how it worked, um, I remember at one point during that whole thing, she, she did say something, and it kind of stuck with me. I was maybe 12 or 13 at this time, and... She said, like, when you were younger, you would just say yes to everything. Why do you have to question everything now? And that has stuck in my mind even now. And this is almost 30 years later. And it's fascinating to me because I feel like that's exactly what she got from my siblings. They were probably more questioning of her authority when they were younger. But when they saw me starting to question her as I got older, they got more compliant. They stayed more within her expectations. They got better at hiding stuff from her too than I ever was because my mother was always so focused on me that they were able to get away with doing things that were much worse than what I was doing. Um, and even when they got caught, they didn't get into nearly as much trouble as I did. And that whole dynamic of, of A, being the golden child for a while, and then all of a sudden becoming the scapegoat because it was more conducive to my mother's motivations for me to be so, um, that that's always that's always kind of confounded me a little bit but also like when when you understand narcissism especially with the parent it makes a lot of sense especially because i was outspoken i um i i did do things that they wanted me to do but not in the way they wanted me to do it so yeah i went to the college of their choice but i became so I, I almost never went back afterwards. I would come back for breaks and stuff, but then I made sure that I was away from med school. Med school. Then med school got extended, so I had to stay away even longer. And then by the time I was done, um, I just kind of stayed away and was working while not in medicine, continued to stay away. And where, where I think my parents would have preferred, my mother still to this day, if you ever asked, if anybody ever got her in a room and asked her, would say that her biggest mistake with me was um, allowing me to go away to college, even though it was actually the only college I had gotten into at that point. She would have much preferred me um, to go to Pakistan at the time, and I knew that that wasn't the right choice for me at that time. <clears throat> but um, as I got older, like in my 20s and my 30s, she, conti she continues to say, but even 
before I went no contact was that her biggest mistake was that I was allowed to leave because it did exactly what it was supposed to do when you leave a, um, a high control environment. Um, I figured out that I, I had already known that something was wrong. I was even sure after that I had left that everything was psychotic and wrong and I, it's, you're not supposed to live that way. And I also made sure that she knew that I knew that what she was doing was wrong. So that whole dynamic is still so weird. And it, even though like, I really don't have any, like I don't really get triggered thinking about it. I'm not really, um, upset anymore about it but it is very stereotypical of a narcissist to create that kind of environment um i think the hardest part with my siblings was i have a younger sister and two younger brothers and they're all still within the fold even though they are very much aware of my mother's psychosis and her dysfunction and the dysfunction she creates around her so that's also the thing is like, I, I can't see dysfunction and not call it out, especially when it's hurting people, particularly if it's hurting me. But I will stand up for other people and be like, why are you hurting somebody else? They were, they ha have been, were in the past and have continued to be more than willing to accept the dysfunction for their own comfort. So as long as they are still able to live their lives relatively comfortably, um, still have a home you know, to come back to, a roof over their head, food to eat, that kind of deal, um, they're more than willing, especially now that at least most of them are older and you know, have their own money. Even in that case, like I know my brothers still live with my mom. My younger one, I'm not quite sure what his situation is. I'm actually not quite sure of anyone's situation. Um, but my, my older brother continued to stay there, even though <clears throat> from what I was told, again, I don't know how much of this is true, what I was told, he was making decent money even five, six years ago. But, you know, there is a level of comfort when you don't have to pay for rent in New York and you don't have to pay for food on your own in New York. It's, you know, much easier just to stay in a toxic environment. Um, and just, I guess, ignore the raging lunatic downstairs is um, the best way I know how to put it. But really what comes out of living, having the same mother, having the same parents really, and living in the same house, but coming out completely differently, is that once I became the scapegoat, I was then thrown under the bus for everything. If somebody didn't get a good grade, if one of my siblings, you know, my, my sister didn't get a good grade or my, my brother didn't get, my brothers didn't get uh, a good grade in school, it was my fault. I wasn't even there. I was in college at the time. I'm not there, but they're like, but my mother would blame me because they were convinced, she was convinced that somehow I was responsible. If they weren't acting in accordance to the way that she wanted them to act, I was responsible. Even if I was nowhere to be seen, I wasn't being talked to, my, parents, my, my siblings were never, we were never particularly close and it never got easy, like we never gained any closeness um, even while I was gone because they believed all the bullshit my mother fed, my fed them. We were, they were constantly pitted against me so even if I tried to be the voice of reason and just use logic to show them what was going on, 
I was just told to shut up and sit down. Why do you have to rock the boat? Um, whenever we did connect, it was based, it was hiding from my mother. We wouldn't let her know that we were talking and it was always while complaining about her. So it's a very toxic connection as a base. Um, that's why I really don't like gossip. I don't like talking about people behind their back. Um, it's not really my thing at all. It wasn't, never really was, but that was the only way that I could kind of maintain some kind of relationship with them. So it makes sense that once I removed myself from that situation, um, that my sibling relationships would collapse quickly because there really was not much there. And, despite and this is despite honestly a lot of effort from my part i've tried over the years before i had gone before i went no contact to um create some kind of um real relationship with my siblings and this is the part this is the part that hurts still but um despite my efforts they were just not very receptive to me and I, I don't really have an answer why other than um, just when you're in, in that environment with my mom and to a certain degree you're dependent on her, um, you're going to believe everything she says even if you do have a part of your soul that says that she's not right. But it's much easier to discard one person who you're not dependent on than to discard another person who is... Um, your parent. It really is. And I understand that part, but it still, it doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt me. Um, part of, part of this process of kind of working through this sibling trauma, because it is, I, I know that my lack of a relationship with my brothers and my sister really has affected my ability to, um, get close to people in a platonic way. Um, one of the hardest things I've had to work on is having healthy platonic relationships with people and trusting them because, and that comes back to, um, it really comes down to from this foundation that the, the people who grew up in the same exact place as I did had completely different responses to that abuse. And none of them, when push came to shove, none of them stood up for me none of them were on my side. Even though I know, even to this day, they'll tell me privately, they may tell one of them, one or everyone, no, and then the other one may tell me privately that I was right. Or like, you know how bad it is. And I was like, how come nobody stood up for me? I was yelling at the top of my lungs and nobody stood up for me. So it's, it's really honestly affected my ability to trust people when it's not, um, when it, like really just to trust people in general. And I've been lucky, I've had some really, really good friends in my life, but I've had some shitty friends too. And you know, you have that negativity bias in general, and then you add on the, the narcissistic trauma and it, it, it makes it tenfold or a hundredfold. And, I do, I do, I, I know that I've missed out on some really important relationships because my siblings just kind of moved on. Like I was discarded and 
despite despite the good that I may have done for them, I was discarded and dismissed because I didn't fit into their little weird um, cinematic way of living when none of none of what, what they were posing up, whatever they were holding up, none of it was real. And part of the mourning of my uh, of my mother and my parents in general of like having the parents that um of never really having the parents that I wanted that I deserved as a child is part of that mourning is also mourning that I I'll never have the sibling relationships that I should have had also and part of like a lot of this also comes from being the oldest child in a this immigrant family there is a very particular role that comes with that and you're either the stay in line one or you're the one that rocks the boat and I'm the one that rocks the boat and there are a lot of different if had if my mother had not been such a malignant narcissist maybe it would have turned out differently but um with her being the way that she is i it was never going to work out any differently for me i was always going to end up in this space and there is a lot of grief that comes with that there is a lot of um sadness that comes with that realization that i'll just never really have that but what i am determined to do is to make sure that i am able to create a family in my life now that allows me to have those relationships, understanding that that the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. And I've been working around that quote for a few months now. Um, I heard the full quote um, a few years ago, but it kind of popped back into my consciousness a few months ago, and that's why I've been working with this particular set of issues lately. And I think that while we use that quote truncated, uh, like we truncate that quote and we use it incorrectly all the time, um, I know that my life has been a testament to the fact that the family you create is most times much stronger than the family you're born into. Because the first casualty of a narcissistic parent is the nuclear family. That family will never be a family in the truest sense of the word because the narcissist can't allow it to be. And also it does, it would help to specify that my siblings, at least two of them, tend to rate higher on the narcissistic quality scale than I do. So there is also that. So if I'm calling out my mother, then that means I will call them out too. And I have. So there is that whole um, aspect to it. And, you know, again, things happen. Sometimes things fall into place the way that they do for a reason. And I have been blessed to be protected from things that I didn't need to go through. I went through, I've been through a lot of hardship, but there's some, I could have added, I could have had a lot of additional hardship that I was just always protected from. And I think while I mourn not having a closer relationship with my siblings, I sometimes think that that was for the better because they were probably not people that I would have wanted to have a close relationship with anyway. That they wouldn't have been able to have healthy relationships because they themselves are not that healthy as much as they may think they are. But um, when you are willing to sweep 
incredible injustices under the rug, you are not a healthy person. If you are willing to ignore abuse and neglect for your own comfort, that's not a healthy response. So at the end of it, am I still sad? Of course. Do I wish things were different? Yes. But given the context of certain things being the same, no matter how much I wish things were different, I also, you know, if I, things were different, I would have different parents. I would have healthier parents, but I didn't have that either. But if I was going to be given the same parents, then I think my, the way that my relationship with my siblings has turned out is really the only way it could have turned out. If anything, it could have been worse. But um, luckily, it really was. It it it's where it is now, which is just they're living their lives. I'm living mine, and you know I don't. I have as I have no contact with them, and I have no contact with my parents because they're all one unit. And so, um, like I said, if you're if you're in a space right now where you're kind of working through this kind of thing, or if this is something you haven't quite touched yet. Um, be prepared. It is a rough, uh, it's a rough particular um, part of life to kind of work through because it's hard. Like there is a part of you that feels like it's missing. But my goal with all of this work is always to give you tools to get to a place where you can have these kind of relationships outside of the nuclear family. Because the one thing that a narcissist, and honestly the world, the way it's currently constructed, the one thing it does is it disconnects us from our community. And community is not always the people you are born born into. You find those people. Um, over time, you collect those people into your life and you create these webs of connections that support you. And we support each other. So I really hope that with, if you're working through this kind of trauma, that you then are able to create healthy relationships that mimic those of siblings and parents and kids and nieces and nephews and all of those little webs that come up. And they don't have to be because you're from the same family, but because you're from the same, you, you become family because you decided to. And I think that's a, for me, that feels really empowering and it feels really uh, grounding to be able to be like, you know what, just because my nuclear family is not what it was does not mean I don't have the power to create the family that I deserve. As always, I hope this helps whoever is supposed to help, and I will talk to you guys next time. Thanks so much for listening today. Thanks so much for listening to the Cherished You podcast. If you could please leave me a review, um, subscribe, and share. It really helps get the podcast out to those who it will help the most.